You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. And welcome to episode 145 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And by Jay. Hello. How are you doing, gents? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a very Age of Sigmari few weeks, hasn't it? It has indeed, yeah. I believe you're a little bit under the weather this week, Jay, but I'm glad you're still here with us. I have Nurgle's blessing at the moment, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not growing any mutations currently, so that's all Jay. good. Not on the plus yet. side, though, you have got disgustingly resilient. So, <laughs> so on this week's show, as Matt said, it's been a very Age of Sigma uh, few weeks, and that's going to continue this week, really, because for our main segment, we're going to be talking about the Dominion Day uh, reveals from Saturday. So, uh, Warcom put on it was it was, good, it was a good two hours, wasn't it, of talking about dominion for the first hour yes yeah, so you know, an, an hour of showing off the the community models including some some models painted by my own hand and then the second uh, part of the show was uh, all the preview stuff of the new stormcast and uh, uruk war clans that come in oh my gosh some of those models i can't wait to chat about them later on they were they were absolutely superb so that's going to be our main focus uh, later on in the show we've also got this week's top three again very dominion focused we're going to be talking about our three favourite things from the box. And we also have all of the latest news as well. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Jay, do you want to start us off? Yeah, well, you opened up saying it's been a very Age of Sigma few weeks. But actually, the last week or so, I've been painting and building um, Warhammer 40,000. Um, so I've been working on the system of battle. Um, I've got a lot of the um, troops built now, um, the Celestial Sacrosancts, a few of the characters. Uh, I'm wor- working for a couple of squads of Battle Sisters, uh, the Paragon suits. And then um, on the on the stream on Sunday, I finished off painting uh, Morven Val, the High Lord character, in her big Paragon warsuit thing. Such um, a nice model, that, Jay. Yeah, it's a really, really nice model. It's like... Um, it's great to see them do something really, really new, but it looks like it's been in the universe for, you know, mm-hmm. the whole the whole time. They've yeah. really, really done a good job. Compared to, like, the Nemesis Dread Knight for the, the Grey Knights, which was a, a bit dorky looking, the Paragon War suits, and especially Morven Val's suits, really, really nice. It's got the right balance of gothic sort of silliness and um, all the firepower and swords and things like that, so I really like it. Yeah, it looks it's, it's it's weird. It looks real and in universe, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I really, really hope that the Adeptus Custodes get something similar. You know, some sort of war war suit like that would be so nice for them. Custodes support suit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so nice. I mean, I know they've got a couple of Forge World Dread Knights, but a uh, Dread Dreadnought. Sorry, but so yeah. So um, the the plan this week is to crack on painting the. Um, Sisters of Battle, we've got some uh, new Sisters of Battle content coming in the form of uh, a new 40k crusade, which I'm guessing Matt will touch on in the new section shortly anyway. Um, so yeah, so I really want to get my crusade for sort of battle ready, so I can start with some games with it as well. And then it'll be back onto the Luminef then, ready for probably the um, Purple Sparkle Unicorns tournament in September is really the next deadline I've got to hit with those guys. Yeah, I think we need to, I know we've been doing the uh, Path to Glory stuff on the stream, but I think we might have to have a few unstreamed practice games of 2000 point match play games of sigma as well to get uh 
to grips yeah, with that. Definitely, yeah. To get tournament ready. Excellent stuff. And uh, Matt, what have you been up to? So I've had a pretty productive week uh, painting wise. So I finished a vampire lord and a necromancer from my uh, soul boy grave lord, which means I've now got enough stuff painted to start my path to glory. I had a few gaps in characters and stuff, so I wanted to get them done. So, yeah, I can easily start the path to glory now, which is really good. I built a Bloodthirster. I believe it is a Wrath of Corn Bloodthirster. I have another two boxes of Bloodthirsters here for the other two variants because it's all about the demons. I'm really enjoying building demons. <laughs> so they'll, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty quick to do, really, as well. It's lots of dry brushing. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've sprayed up a load of demons as well. I've got a bit of a bit of a backlog of demons to paint, and I'm going to be dipping into them in and out of the projects. One of those projects that I dipped into, again, because of what's coming out this weekend, uh, I thought I could do with some Chaos Space Marines. So... I have built and pretty much nearly painted the contents of a start collecting Chaos Beast Marines. This is all the stuff out of the Shadow Spear set. Um, they are so nice models. I've uh, done them as word bearers because, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be a heretic, you may as well be the really filthy heretics that really like demons and stuff. That's kind of my jam. So, uh, yeah, and I've used Duncan Rhodes' uh, word bearer scheme, which is surprisingly simple. You spray it silver... You put a controlled coat of Basilica on grey over the entire model. And then you do, again, a controlled coat of uh, flesh tearers on the panels. And the way he describes it, you don't want to use it like a wash. You basically get it on your palette, get most of the paint off, and then use it like a felt-tip pen to colour in the panels. And, yeah, it looks so good. I'm, I'm wondering what other cool metallic schemes I can do using the same technique. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of contrast myself. Um, and I've done a few things over metallic it's uh, it's very very nice nice effect yeah so uh so hopefully I, sh- I should easily have them finished this week and then um yeah I, I, like jay it's gonna be jumping between different projects uh, obviously i need to make sure i've got a 2000 point ready force for the purple sparkle unicorn that's in september i believe so we've got a bit of time i kind of want to build all of the orcs at a dominion as well because they look really cool mm-hmm. so yeah we'll see we'll see how the uh the mood takes me as we go into next week to see what i painted excellent excellent stuff um for me project skaven has finally commenced mm-hmm. so um only yesterday i painted my grace here who's going to be the general of my path to glory. I uh, really enjoyed painting him. I've got a whole bunch of clan rats uh, undercoated, ready to be um, to be painted. I don't think they'll take that long, really. Um, so I'll make a start on those this week. Um, I have also finished off my, my Cruel Boys, and I have also got the Stormcast that are, are very much tempting me to, to build, but I'll try and get my Skaven done first before um, I build those guys. Um, and I've been very tempted with you guys talking about 40k to get some guardsmen being painted as well. But they've, they've all got to wait for the Skaven, basically. <laughs> um, so they're, they're going to have to wait, I'm afraid. What When I finish Skaven, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going I'm to get those done first. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed painting my uh, Grace here. Uh, and also um, worth mentioning that we, we did have a game on Saturday, Jay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I shouldn't have forgotten about it because I won. <laughs> you did. So we had um, it was like our second proper game uh, as part of our uh, Path to Glory campaign um, on on the stream at one o'clock. Um, we uh, played the Sylvan F. You were playing as the Sylvan FJ, and I was using the Caradron Overlords. It yep. was a very close game, wasn't it? 
it was very very close it, it was a, a really cool um um scenario we were playing where basically i'd managed to ambush a couple of your caradron overlord um units and it was my objective to destroy those two units um and you had to basically try and get them uh, if they survived you would win uh, and then there were some alternative victory conditions where if i was able to kill one of them um but, but not your general uh, you would win so it was a really really cool game and um, it was very, very, very close. I think it, it came down to uh, a Kernoff Hunter managing to uh, hold off uh, a bunch of attacks from some Caradron Overlords and then rolling well on his... Well, he only got one attack through, actually, wasn't he? But I managed <laughs> to roll the free damage I needed to uh, slay yeah, the dwarfs. Kill them off. Yeah, I, I really hoped that I was going to put those Kernoff Hunters down. He shouldn't have been alive. Well, they he killed, they, you killed two of them, didn't you, on the way in using um, Unleash Unleash Hell. Yeah. And uh, and your admiral was actually quite quite um, a beat stick in combat. The, the admiral was surprisingly good in a fight, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. It, this is this should be no surprise, especially to you, Matt, because I've used this admiral before in combat, and we've joked before that he needs to have the mark of corn because he loves combat. Um, he's put down demons. He, he sadly didn't put the tree lord down though, but he nearly did. If it had gone on another turn, that tree lord would have been yeah brought down to size. Um, but it uh, wasn't to be. They were the, the only two surviving models on the battlefield, if I remember right. Yeah, uh, they were. Yeah, you can watch the um, battle on YouTube actually if you want to see the whole thing play out. The, these 600 point Path to Glory games that we're playing, you know, don't be um, don't be deceived by the small points level. They're really really cool games. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be a link to that uh, battle report in the podcast notes as well, so you'll be able to go and check that out at your leisure. But yeah, it was a really great and a really fun game. That brings us to the end of our introduction to this week's podcast. We do have plenty to get through, so we're going to take a pause and come back with this week's news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? So pre-orders are slowly ramping up again. Um, I I kind of expected some sisters about this week, but we didn't get any. Um, But, you know, I think we've got a few quiet weeks following Dominion, and I'm sure... The release schedule will go full force again, won't it? It's so because big... um, it's because I've started building and painting Sisters of the Battle, Matt. That's, That's why it. I did the release now. It's back a few weeks now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the big the big ticket item, I guess, is Warzone Charadon Act Two: The Book of Fire. So this continues the tale started in uh, in, in Act One where uh, Typhus's invasion of Metallica started, and it wasn't looking great at the end of that book, was it? There was a big chaos rift that had opened, um, demons were on the way, the Dark Mechanicum were assembling, various Chaos Legions were, were headed to uh, Metallica, and I believe the um, the Grey Knights were scrambling to, to sort it out, and the, the, the Valiant uh, Adeptus Roritas were trying to hold up as best they could on the planet accompanied by the uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus. So book two continues this and tells the tale of Bellicor coming to the fore with his uh, force of combined demons and mortals. Really, really excited to read this one because that sounds really cool, doesn't it? Uh, Rules-wise, Warcom says that it's got uh, a codex supplement for the Order of Armated Lady within it, in addition to the Skatari veteran cohort. Because, you know, Skatari aren't quite strong enough. You can have uber-veteran Skatari. Uh, and then, obviously, the Disciples of Bellacor being his his kind of new army. So quite looks like a quite a cool one from 
from rules content. It also collects together all the existing rules for Chaos Space Marines. So I think this is all the supplemental stuff that's been in various books over the years. I don't think we're going to see anything like changing Chaos Space Marines to two wounds or anything like that. I think this is literally just going to be collecting together all those various Legion rules that we've had across various supplements now to have more than one place as a, I guess, a make-do until the inevitable Chaos Space Marine book comes out. So, yeah, it looks really cool. I think the big draw of those ones is the story, but it looks like there's quite a bit of uh, rules content in there as well. So really looking forward to reading that one. On the same date, we've also got Amidst the Ashes, the new Crusade supplement for uh, for 40k. So they've done a couple of these now, and, and they're really good. They essentially contain like 24, I think it is, new missions, along with uh, new requisitions, new agendas, all the fun stuff for... Um, for running your your crusade campaigns the earlier one was set in the prior nexus obviously this is going to be set in metallica and the, the charidon system uh basically enabling you to play your campaigns within that conflict and i quite like that i think we're going to see as we see different fights going on across the galaxy we'll get a crusade supplement letting you play your battles in that in that so I think the idea is, I mean, me and Jay definitely are, I'm sure you'll probably get the Astra Militarum on the go to play really? some games within that Crusade setting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although the Guard don't really feature in the story, I think it'd be really fun to use them in that. Oh, the Guard are in every story, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the, 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 guard, the Guard are in book one, they're, they're, they're valiantly fighting, aren't they, alongside the, uh, the Mechanica. So, yeah. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. So, looking forward to that as well. That's really it, kind of uh core game stuff we have got frankenstein coming for blood bowl uh two star players that have been stitched together to make the ultimate undead star player um he's quite a cool model i'm uh, quite tempted to pick him up and we've also got white dwarf on the way as well which talks about flashpoint octarius which we'll talk about in a little bit july's coin has been revealed so if you spend 60 pounds in a games workshop store at the minute you get a free coin um, there's 12 of them in total. I believe once you've got six of them, you can show your collection to your store manager and they will give you a nice little folder to put them all in. I've been collecting these over the last year. They're really, really nice little collectibles. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the game direction and pick up some goodies. Oh no, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a Stormcast Eternals one. They're always themed around what's been released that, uh, that month. So that's pretty fun. And also at the moment, if you go into a Games Workshop store, you get a Stormcast Eternal Vindicta for absolutely free, which is really good. So um, especially if you've got a Dominion box and maybe you want a spare Vindicta so you can run your 10 Vindictas either as a unit of 10 or two units of five and have a spare banner to switch between them. Because I know some rules-wise you're allowed two banners, but some people like to have visually just one banner in the unit because it looks a bit more cohesive, doesn't it? So great, great use for your spare Stormcast there. Or if you want to, you know, practice painting before you commit to buying Dominion or something. So, yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll certainly be picking up him as well. So that is available from the 10th, which is this Saturday. Games Workshop also shared there's another preview show coming this very Saturday a 40k themed one an orc themed one this is about the uh, octaria system so presumably book two of the charidon campaign it c- concludes that conflict so 
no doubt the uh, <laughs> the forces of the Imperium will be successful in Belacroix go back to the walk with his tail between his legs because that's normally how these things go. Yeah. I'd like to see I'd like to see some um, Broken Realm style stuff where they break the status quo and the bad guys win, but I just don't see that happening in a two book series somehow. <laughs> um, but you know I might be wrong. Bell- maybe Belacroix wins and, and Metallica falls and all the sisters die. I don't think so though. Uh, so the so the story following that is going to be the the Octarius system and Octarius is part of the uh, Ultima segmentum and it is currently getting overwhelmed by the tendrils of High Fleet Leviathan. We haven't really seen the Tyranids a lot in this edition yet, have we? No, no, this no. is the, uh, the the Tyranids encroaching on that on that part of the galaxy. Maybe unfortunately for the Tyranids and and a great time for the Orcs. The Orcs are also uh, have a massive presence in that sector, and they they are gathering a wire and they're they're up to no good. So this presumably leads into the new Orc Codex, which I believe is out in October with an early appearing in the uh, the launch box, which is out in July. So this show will presumably show us the rest of the Orc range, which is really exciting because I think they said at the last show, we've only seen half of the new Orc kits. Yeah, which is so, uh, yeah. Be really interesting to see what's actually coming for the Orcs. Yeah, definitely. Um, presumably, well, all of the conflicts in 40K so far, they've had a, a, a kind of narrative book and the... Uh, crusade supplement alongside it as well so i'm presuming we'll see the same here and i guess the the giant gribbly genetically modified elephant in the room is the tyranids surely the, the, this is the book that follows the orcs and if they're the the adversary in it <coughs> yeah um and if they get if they get the same treatment as the uh, uh snagger boys uh, be snaggers you know we could be seeing a load of new tyranid monsters yeah, so that'd be really cool. Presumably the Imperium will feature in there. It's the Automastic segment. Um, I guess the Ultramarines will probably turn up to, to sort both forces out, won't they? <laughs> maybe, um, some, uh, but, maybe some new Tyranid uh, veterans, Tyranid hunters. Well, this is what I'm thinking. You know, the, the, these little kind of little Crusade arcs are a nice way of adding an extra kit maybe to a new range, even if it's not a whole, you know, a whole wave. Yeah. Orcs, Orcs and Tyranids are the obvious ones, but yeah, I was, I was thinking the same because there's very few kits in the space marine range that aren't plastic and that's one of them isn't it yes yeah so yes that's exciting time so i'm looking forward to seeing that i, I don't think we're going to see any anything like that in this show i think it's no. going to be very orc focused yeah yeah so yeah it, it, was this the um was this the, there was an inquisitor wasn't was it Crippman who he he had a plan to defeat the tyrannies they they he, he basically burned all of the world in the tyrannies path didn't he to starve them yeah. So when they reached the world, there was no biomass left. And then I'm sure he diverted them into the orcs. And they were he like, did. yeah, that's that's a good idea. And then they thought, well, hang on. The orcs get bigger and stronger when they're fighting, and Tyranids will consume what they're fighting. So whoever wins in that conflict is either going to be super beefed orcs or Tyranids with all the orcs sort of strengths um, absorbed into them. Yeah, so potentially this is the continuation of that storyline then. Maybe, yeah. A good short-term plan, but not a great long-term plan. No. Yeah. To, to uh, quote no. Alien vs. Predator, whoever wins, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, that wraps up this week's news. It's time to talk a little bit more about what we saw on Saturday. So we'll take a pause and come right back. So it's becoming a bit of a Saturday tradition uh, watching Adam and Eddie reveal brand new Warhammer miniatures to us. 
Uh, and this last Saturday, we had yet another Warhammer Online preview, this time focused on the launch of Dominion, uh, the brand new launch box for Warhammer Age of Sigmar 3rd edition. So what we saw on Saturday, um, let's not beat around the bush, was a load of cool new stuff for the Stormcast Eternals and the Auric War Clans. So what we're going to do on this week's show is we're going to go to we're going to go through and talk through all the stuff that we saw, um, because let's face it, some of this stuff is so awesome. So Matt, do you want to do you want to take it from there? Yeah. So obviously the, 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 it was no surprise really, was it? The first two battle tomes for the new edition of Age of Sigma are Uruk Warclans and Stormcast Eternals. Now I say it's no surprise. We obviously since we've had our hands on Dominion, we've kind of known that the Crawl Boys are part of the Uruk Warclans faction, which is great because before we we had access to the box, we kind of thought that the Crawl Boys might be their own like codec yeah, battle tome, you know, in the same way that like, the Gloom Gloom Spike Gits are. Um, and I really like the fact that they've they've rolled them in as part of the Uruk Warclans. We, we've said it a few times on the on the podcast recently. It gives you a bigger a bigger faction to work with off the bat, rather than maybe having to wait for a few waves worth of models to come out until you've got a usable force. Absolutely, it feels to me like it'll be the City of Sigmar equivalent destruction battle tome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you've got a big Uruk army already, Dave. Yeah, well, I can't wait for this new book. It doesn't actually feel like I've had the old one for that long, but it's well, actually been quite a bit of time. This will be the third Uruk book there's been, because there was a um, one predating the one that you've got, wasn't there? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, there was the original Iron Jaws one, which was, was basically just lore and a few war, war scrolls. Um, and then, yeah, we have the Uruk Warclans, and, and now we've got um, the new Uruk Warclans. See, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I'm, I'm hoping there's still... Well, I think I think they've already said that the big war is still there. So if you wanted to take bits of the three different Oruk clan, shall we say, the Iron Jaws, the Bone Splitters, and now the Cruel Boys, you'll be able to do that and build a force. But there is obviously going to be pros if you want to dive properly into one of those three armies and make a completely Cruel Boys army, for example. Yeah, you've got to unlock that, other stuff. They, they they have said that everything in both of these books has changed. From the ground up, they've redone everything. So the concept of what a big wire is is probably going to be different than what it, what it is currently. Um, yeah. But like you say, one of the things that they're talking about on the the new AOS books is sub-factions. So this is something we've seen in other books and in, in 40K. And I think this will be the way that AOS goes. Rather than having lots of kind of spin-off books, we might see fewer big chunky books with, with then the ability within that book to drill down into a smaller faction. Um, I I like that personally because it gives you lots of new ways of building your force and you can pick up a box and maybe dabble with another one of the sub-factions within that box. So I think it's a really clever way to do it. Uh, they've also said that both of these books is going to have the same system as 40K. There is going to be an app later in the year that will be part of the Warhammer Plus subscription and every book will have a code in the back unlocks content within the app which i think is a nice touch as well um now they have said that there's going to be a massive path to glory section in these as well uh building on the content within the core book now no secret we love a bit of path to glory don't we um <laughs> and you know the stuff in the core book is really really cool but as we've seen with you know in the 40k codexes it, it took core to the next level with the very army themed content in there and I think it took them a couple of books to kind of find the 
find the pace. The, the the recent ones have been really thematic, haven't they? The yeah. Dark Eldar one, the Dark Angels one, and the, the um, Sisters of Battle one have been especially good. Yeah, so so I'm hoping we see something very similar for um, for AOS. You know, you know maybe a see a Stormcast hero rise up the ranks and get reforged and his soul shattered and broken each time. It's a bit of a sinister thing to it, isn't there? Every time he dies, he comes back with a bit of his soul yeah. missing. And a little yeah. bit older, I, I think. I think there may be some uh, unique territories as well that go with each of the factions. Yeah, uh, it's like I a squig so. pit or a, a Stormcast Azir temple, things like that. Do you know the only there is a downside, Matt? There is a downside to these two two new books having all this this glorious path to glory content. That's that I don't have many Age of Sigmar armies, but I have both <laughs> of these armies. So I don't want to start a path to glory army for either of them if I'm gonna have some tasty path to glory content coming. So it, unfortunately it limits what armies I can currently play with on Path to Glory. I mean you could always restart it when the book comes out. Yeah, a, a couple of weeks of stuff because these are not out until August. Don't forget. Yeah, they're a while off. So yeah, they're not super soon. Which again is quite odd because I thought they'd come straight off the back of um, Dominion. I guess they're using the same kind of uh, thing as 40k, where they'll probably come out when the starter boxes come out. You know, yeah. then there's a lot of stuff to rattle through in the next few weeks anyway. So it's not necessarily the end of the world that we've got to wait till August for these no. books. No. It's uh, yeah. So, yeah, really, really cool. Obviously, the, the big deal though on the show was the new miniatures. And oh, boy, was there some good miniatures on here. So for the Stormcast, we finally saw the the Lord Commander of the Hammers of Sigma. This is the highest ranking Stormcast. Answers only to Sigma. This guy outranks the Celestine Prime. And he looks amazing. I mean, I thought it was Sigmar himself when I first saw the model. Yes. <laughs> he looks, he looks, but it's hard, it's hard to tell with Stormcast because they're on big bases anyway. But this guy looks like Primark size, doesn't he? He yeah. does. He is, he is a chunky guy. I, I love this model. He is so, so cool. Um, he's got a couple of different poses as well, which I didn't notice until I think it was a day or so after the stream. Um, I noticed the second picture where he's actually holding it with both hands like his hammer yeah um i oh, think right. i prefer cool. the I, I think i prefer the, the the kind of him striding along holding it with one hand yeah i do he's a very imposing like that but yeah if you i guess if you've got a load of which we'll talk about in a bit the new annihilators with their double-handed axes it might gel with them quite well but uh yeah i like i like the pose of him walking forward he's also got a an alternate helmet and as with the other recent Stormcast helmets, it's definitely got the influence of Grumny in there, who's obviously forged all this with a proper like dwarf ancestor ancestor mask style thing going on, which I know probably appeals to uh, Jay as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I, I so cool. I mean, obviously he's he's the the leader of the Hammers of Sigmar. Um, they've not been as restrictive with kind of named characters, have they recently? Um, so uh, I take it would you paint, pick one up and paint him in uh, Celestial Vindicator colours 100% yeah he would he would definitely be getting the Celestial Vindicator treatment yeah that, you know what you know what looks really cool your, your Celestial Vindicator scheme over over silver and give him a metallic sheen to show his rank and you know shininess yeah, compared to the others that's, that's not a bad shout actually yeah so yeah, so yeah I love this guy absolutely amazing they also showed off a Knight's Relictor I'm not too fussed on this guy. He's just like a chaplain, basically, isn't he? I um, 
I prefer this model to the other. We've got a Lord, is it a Lord Relictor? Uh, from when the Stormcast first launched. He's got a big banner with a skeleton in it. I, I prefer this one to, to that one. I mean, obviously, that model's very old now. Well, I say very old. It's old now. Um, I, but I quite like it. No, not my favourite, but um, it's a nice mace. Uh, and I like his helmet as well. Yeah, and a lot of these, a lot of these models, people have shouted out. This is like a Blood Angels conversion kit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he just looks like a sanguinary um, guard, <laughs> yeah, um, chaplain or something. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. Give him like a chalice or something. The job yeah. done. Um, we also saw a new battle line unit for the Stormcast Eternals, the Vanquishers. So these are in Thunderstrike armor, same as the Vindictors, but rather than sword and board, they are wearing uh, wielding double-handed uh, great swords, and these look really cool as well. I, I, I love the um, the Vindictors with their spears and, and shields, but I, 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 they, just, they just look cool. They're like great swords for Stormcaster, aren't they? I really yeah. like the poses on a lot of these minis as well. Yeah, they, they are really cool. The way um, some of them are holding the swords in two hands, some of them have got them in one hand, some of them are sort of like cleaning the sword or, you know, taunting the enemy with the sword. Yeah, and in a nice touch as well, they've got robes, but only on their, their non sword side because obviously if you're swinging a great sword your, your robe's going to get in the way so it only extends halfway down the body to to keep their swing arc free which is a great design touch yeah, yeah. if you were left if you're left-handed stormcast you need to make sure you put your, your dress on the right way but uh <laughs> yeah they look really cool and they're battle lines so again a lot of people have potentially got two battle lines in the dominion box so this is a nice way of just slotting another unit for your third uh, third choice. If, however, you prefer shooting things, and let's not you know forget shooting is super good in Age of Sigma at the minute, there are the Vigilus, which are the Thunderstrike armor scouts, I guess. They look so good, don't they? Bows and kind of uh, as stealthy as someone running around in gold armor can be. <laughs> they're like um, sh- el- shadow warriors but taken to the next level the old elven shadow warriors and yeah. what I really like about these guys is that they're golden masks some of them have got golden beards <laughs> exactly yeah again with that, that dwarven influence on you know yeah. dwarves made the armour um, now they did point out on the stream it's not mentioned on Warcom if you take the new I can't remember what it's called a lord shooty guy hero with a big bow yeah if you take him as your general you unlock these guys as battle line allowing you to do an entirely uh ranged stormcast army which again is really cool and i'll be picking up some of these guys because they're not case these are superb i fell in love the second i saw these models yeah. so nice well you, have you got any we'll probably talk at the end of this bit but you know it looks like there's lots of different ways of putting together your stormcast army which is which is nice to see now one of my favorite units out of dominion and they were amazing in the battle report that we played are the annihilators two plus save absolute badass bricks of a stormcast who just come out the heavens do a load of damage and then charge you in the face and then keep coming back to life with the pesky rules of Indraster. Um, now, they are getting a new multi-part kit, which allows you to build them with two-handed Grand Hammers as well. Um, presumably, you'll probably lose a pip of armor by doing that, but I imagine they'll hit harder, so it'll be 
do you go super defensive or do you go super tough smashy ones again they gel really well with the hero out of the dominion box because his ability to let a unit come down from the heaven seven inches away rather than nine inches away can be used every uh every turn yeah so he could potentially get some mileage out of that by having a couple of units of these popping down over a few turns to maximize that that impact damage they do when they land yeah really like these um it's going to have to <laughs> obviously i mean it's going to be hard to try and fit all the stuff that i want to get in an army because mm-hmm. just the stuff out of dominions 1300 points so yeah. You're not adding many Stormcasts on top of that to get a full force. And obviously, you can drop some of the characters maybe and have a bit of a tweak. But uh, I think it's a good sign that we'll get some varieties of different armies because there's lots of really cool stuff. Um, have you have you guys got any thoughts on what your core of your, your Stormcast army is going to be? Obviously, mine's built around Dominion. I like those blocks of spearmen. A unit of those swords may be really cool. A couple of units of the um, Annihilators and a Chariot. I think that's probably me at 2,000 points there, then. How about you guys? I, um, I'm i still a massive fan of the Evocators, so I, I definitely think there's space for those in my in my army. Um, I, I don't know. See, I play I play Celestial Vindicators, which in the current Battle Tome uh, are very much like, you know, they want to punch you in the face kind of um, playing style. So the the Vigilus, is it the, the called Vigilus? Vig- um, what are they called again? Vigilers. Vigilers. I love those models, but they don't quite work with the Vindicators, but I'm going to get them anyway because um, they're amazing. Um, so probably very similar to you, Matt. I think I'll, I'll probably run the the, um, the guys from Dominion and maybe get a couple of boxes of um, the Vanquishers. Um, I probably I might skip the Chariot, though. I'm, n- I'm not sure on the Chariot. In the, the meta as was, uh, when we used to play quite a few tournaments before COVID, um, Shooty Stormcast were like a really viable build. Um, and I think going forward with like these new um, Vigilers, you've already got the, the Celestial um, uh, Crossbows, you've got the new Hero coming. I think you could make a very, very strong shooting list. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That'd be, that'd be cool to see. Um, how about you, Jay? I know you've you've got the Dominion box on you. You've been excited to paint up some uh, Stormcast as well. Yeah, I, I I am looking forward to painting up some Stormcast actually, um, and having a few games with them. I'm probably not going to go for a massive army. Probably just go for a thousand points. So I I really like the Vanquishers, the swords, uh, the guys with the two great swords. Um, I think they're really cool, and I love the um, the banner bearer that we got in Dominion as well. Mm. So I'd probably look to do something in that sort of style. Uh, the um, Are they called Praetors, the bodyguard unit as yeah. well? Yeah, I, I like that. I like all the robes that they've all got on them. Um, and then I do also like the uh, Sequitors, the old um, Knight Arcanum troop choice from the Sacrosanct Chamber. Uh, and they've had a few rules changes in the latest errata. Obviously, we're getting a battle tone before long, so they could all change again. Uh, but I think they've got some good utility. So with their, they now have a five-plus ward save, which could come in quite handy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to definitely work through the Dominion box set, paint them up, and then uh, see what happens later in the year when we get the battle tone. Uh, nice. But, yeah, you, you can't – I mean, they're really, really appealing models. I think I think a lot of people, especially with Dominion in their hands, are going to be looking to start uh, a Stormcast army as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and that's not all we've seen. I mean, there's more to come for the Stormcast as well. So, Games Workshop tend to tend to keep back the big showpiece model for for the final reveal before release. So, I reckon we've got a dragon of some description coming. <laughs> We're holding out for Drakes. 
Yeah, holding out for Drake, holding out for a hero on a Drake. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, if you don't like your your glorious reforged warriors striking down from the heavens, and you prefer your army to crawl out of swamps, it's you know it's a free world, you know, nothing wrong with that. We saw a lot more for the cruel boys as part of the Uruk War Clans. Uh, a horrific looking centerpiece for them, the Swamp Boss Scumdreck, who looks like a new uh, new hero choice riding. I don't even know how to describe it. A big like crocodile sloth thing. Yeah, it's like a crocodile with longer legs, isn't it? And big claws and it looks horrible. It's a brilliant model, though. I really like this uh, this guy. See, so, yeah, like you say, Matt, he's a special character. Um, I think that but as we talk about the, the new Cruel Boy stuff, they seem to they like to capture stuff, capture people. Um, so I like like the cage he's got on the side of his um, Sludge Raker beast. Um, he looks ace on top. And apparently this thing is massive as well. Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty big. It, it makes an alternate kit as well, the Snatcher Boss on Sludge Raker. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling these guys are probably slavers. And, you know, we know they've got dealings with the Chaos Dwarves. They're probably not the nicest types. You know, I don't think we've really got the comedy vibe that you have in some of the other green skin armies. These no. guys you do not want rocking up and pretty much uh, raiding your settlement and taking people as slaves. That sounds like a really, really bad day, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the grots and goblins always used to have that sort of cunning, mean, spiteful sort of element to them, but that seems to have bled through into these Oryx now. So these yeah. are, like you say, these aren't just, you know, Oryx, they just enjoy fighting. They, they you know, they're laughing and, you know, they just love fighting. That's what they're about. But these guys, yeah, they seem a bit more sinister, a bit more malicious. Yeah, steal you away and torture you and, yeah. Not very nice gentlemen at all. Uh, it's not just the Uruks that are stealing people away, though. The the, the Grots have got uh, their own uh, horrific creature. The Marsh Crawler Slogoth. It's like a crawling troll with a boat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> they said on the stream, they imagine, you know, you, 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 maybe you're at the, at the side of the swamp and you see this, like, shoddy-looking Uruk kind of boat slowly coming towards you with these guys on top with like grabber sticks and nets and then suddenly this big troll kind of comes out the water and it's carrying them along such a cool model isn't it it is cool um I think I really need to see it in person like I really like the Sludraker beast but this one's kind of slowly growing on me um, oh, I, I like this one more than the other one I think it looks so weird the fact yeah. that it's this this troll crawling along and all these guys on its back, I uh, yeah. If this is a if there's a hero variety of this that mm-hmm. lets you take hobgrots as battle line for a full nasty stabby hobgrot force, I'd be all over that. Yeah, it looks really weird. Also, there's a few different options in the kit as well to have netters on the top rather than the grabbers. Yeah, yeah, he looks cool. Now in Dominion, we got a sprue, an an entire sprue of um, what are they called gut rippers. Gut rippers, yeah. And I kind of presumed that that was it, that was the gut ripper kit, but no, there is a multi-part gut ripper kit coming as well, which frustratingly does include a command. Uh, squad, doesn't it? There's a there's a, a leader, a horn blower, and a standard bearer in there, which means that people with the uh, Dominion kit are either going to have to run 20 unit, 20 man units of the Gut Rippers, or get creative and convert up the command squad. 
what are your thoughts on that dave um see i i actually think in this new edition we might see less sort of 20 man units but yeah that's um, good. I, I don't know it, it it is a shame that because obviously you're only going to be able to build the one command in the box um i will definitely be picking up because i i definitely want at least one probably two to be honest uh, more units of gut rippers i might just have to live with the fact that one of them doesn't have a full command um, yeah i mean in friendly games we just say your last three models that die your command can't we yeah yeah now i've been looking at the sprues and you could easily maybe convert one of the spears on the gut rippers into a banner okay. um and and a horn on the belt of one is just is your horn blower and then yeah. just have a chosen model as your champion even if you gave maybe a different uh shield color or something so the stuff you can do to represent the command squad um, and the new models look really nice they've got like vicious looking axes rather than the spears um again for for me i guess it depends what i've you know i've got the 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 cruel boys out of dominion you get about just over a thousand points is it dave yeah so add kragnos add a couple of units of these that's two thousand points i've pretty much almost got anyway so unless there's some funky stuff i can do with hobgrafter's battle line i'll probably do the same i'll pick up a box of these and round out my force with them um yeah very nice nice kit the slightly odder one is the 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 man skewer bolt boys which is a really nice kit but i guess the question is how many of these bolt boys are you going to need in an army Obviously, you get three in the Dominion box, and I imagine—I mean, they—they they performed really, really well during our battle, and the meta, if you want to call it, big squads of them could be really nasty, especially if there's something that unlocks them as battle line as well, so you can take units of nine. Yeah, I believe there was some sort of um, a character that that buffed them as well. Um, I'm not sure if it's one of the ones we've seen here. Um, but they were talking about ones that, that could buff the damage that these things you do. Can, yes. um, yeah, there's 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 some going to be stuff in the um in the book. I mean, the shaman that comes in Dominion, he can instead of casting a spell, he can use an elixir on these that um well it doesn't increase their damage, but it increases the likelihood of instead of rolling six uh, unmodified sixes dealing more mortal wounds, they're doing it on fives. So that's pretty as, cool. a, yeah. as a Lumineth player, you know how good that is, and these are high damage weapons compared to the one mortal wound apiece that the Lumineth are doing. They, so they, yeah. they 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 only get one shot, um, and I do think they're quite pricey. I, I'm definitely going to use a second unit of these, and like you say, Matt, I think use two units of three rather than one units of nine, one unit of six. Sorry. Um, the slightly disappointing thing with these is these are really nice models, but aside from the, and I think this is a multi-part kit, isn't it? So it is, there might yeah. be different things you can do. The the lead looks looks awesome with like the banner on his back but the other two um guys you get in the unit are are very similar poses to the ones from dominion like very similar i've got them in front of me here um i guess there's only so many ways you can hold a big crossbow yeah that's true but um yeah yeah boss is nice though isn't he like cocking the crossbow and yeah grinning underneath his big they're almost a bit like the uh remind me of the uh the Mordor orcs, Joe with the yeah. yeah, they do have a very Lord of the Rings vibe to them, don't they? Yeah. I, you know what? I really like the Batman. I'm looking. I've got the, the sprue, the gut ripper here, and the hobgrots. And you know, I don't think many people are going to use all of the hobgrots from the box in most of their armies realistically. And you could easily take the the banner from the hobgrots and mount it to the back of one of the uh, gut rippers. They've also got a horn as well. So yeah, I think I might be salvaging hobgrots for um for command. 
so yeah so yeah there's loads of awesome stuff for the auction again we know that there's more stuff coming do you think we'll see anything for the rest of the war clans or do you think it'll be a very cruel boys no, focused no. release no i know there's a lot of optimism in the war clans book that we might see a new iron jaws unit i don't think so I, I i highly doubt it i think we'll see a few more cruel cruel boys kits and um, i think it'll be some time yet before we see um some new iron jaws yeah and again there are more kits to come with that we had whispers of a flying unit some kind of like pterodactyl thing that'd be cool yeah i know uh, wasn't the latest it... uh, law piece there was some sort of within or uh, uh, within with a character on it i can't remember what his name was now and he was sort of it, it, it made out to appear as if he was some sort of rival to gordrak where gordrak is the fist of gork this one might be something to do with mork um yeah. and on the front cover of the battle tome that we were shown on saturday in the background, now this doesn't always mean anything really, especially in light of current codexes and things where we've seen like the Fabricator General and whatnot. Um, it, they do look to be some sort of flying wyvern pterodactyl chimera type thing in the background. Yeah, I mean the the the, the orc on on, on wyverns a classic kind of Warhammer yes. model, and these orcs are like. 80s orcs slightly lankier and ganglier and more vicious looking so it wouldn't surprise me if they get there's at least a nod to what at the time was the big orc kit mm, i yes. think that'd be really cool and again presumably they'd give it a a named hero option than a generic one because that tends to be what they do with these kits isn't it yeah um so yeah i i i thought it was a really good preview it was really nice that they had the hour before as well showing all the uh, the community ones that have been painted up you know a lot of people uh, a lot of people more so than than usually were very lucky to get a copy to paint up i think they reached out to a lot of painters obviously we were lucky enough to get a review one and uh, managed to get them painted up in time i i really like that Warhammer community reaching out to you know more people than just the, the usual reviewers because you see some really good painters online who you know they haven't got a, a, a website or a YouTube channel or anything so they don't necessarily get the exposure that way but for Warcom to go do you want a copy of Dominion and paint it up for us that's 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 really nice to see yeah yeah it's really good that really nice touch excellent stuff i i think it's also worth mentioning matt uh and I, I bet you're very excited about this they didn't mention this on the actual stream itself but on the Warcom article they hinted at what's coming after the stormcast and after the oryx yeah so so i think we said august these two are out and then they said the next age of sigmar codex following that is in october and it is a chaos battle tome so wow what could that be guys there is a chaos warrior slash chosen slash something new on the cover now like jay says obviously the last few books we've seen stuff on the cover that isn't a model um but that could be a hint and that if we see stuff what i'm thinking is that for slaves of darkness we could see a bigger book have like demon profiles and stuff in there as well potentially allowing you to drill down to you know have have your your kind of in the same way that the death guard are focused now solely on the death guardy stuff could we see a big generic chaos book and then your more kind of specialized books later on down the line maybe um now magikin and nurgle's a really old book they could do with a new book kit wise they're probably looking pretty good 
I was throwing around ideas of Pestigore as an idea of a new unit for them. Um, interestingly, in the General's Handbook, it kind of calls out that the 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 um, Legion of the First Prince does not have a battle tome, so there's rules for how to put that together. That again seems a fairly obvious choice as a you know battle tome demons essentially and then have a dual release with 40k demons book at the same time because there's an awful lot of demon kits that have come out in the last few years that really all need to be in one book because yeah. i i nearly broke my back playing legion of the first prince with the five battle tomes <laughs> i had to bring with me um so what i'd like to see battle tome demons battle tome legion of the first prince whatever they call it realistically i think it's going to be slaves of darkness with some new warriors yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with that, um, but I still think it'd be really good, and I'm sure you'd be very excited, Matt. Oh yeah, you know whatever Chaos Faction is, unless it's Skaven, I'd be like, oh Skaven, <laughs> <laughs> Skaven. Chaos Elves, it's Chaos Elves. Chaos Elves, yeah, yeah. it could be Chaos Dwarves at this rate. You never yeah, know. yeah, that's, yeah, good point. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Well, that wraps up. Actually, one last question before we um, before we move on to the next segment. If it was Stormcast versus Cruel Boys from the reveal on Saturday, who would win out of what we saw? Matt, you go first. Stormcast by a country mile. Jay? I don't know. I I thought there were some stunning models from both sides, to be honest. Um, the, obviously, the Lord Commander and the um, Vanquishers were the highlights from the Stormcast side. But then that Sludge Raker was really good on the other side. And I also... I really, I can't believe they were actually growing on me quite a lot. Actually, the um, the multi part um, gut rippers mm. with the the command squad, especially, really really cool. So yeah, I'm I'm evenly balanced. I think between the two Ooh, on the go. fence. Um, I am a big Auric fan. I I love my Aurochs, but I'm gonna have to tip my hat and say no. The, the, I think the Stormcast won Saturday. Um, between the the Lord Commander and the the the, the, the vigil vigilors. The Ranger guys, um, yeah. they were mint. Um, definitely they were picks of Saturday. We're going to keep it Dominion with our top three, so we're going to take a pause and come back with that. So we're on to this week's top three, and this week we're going to be discussing our top three things that we love about the new start box and the new core rules for Age of Sigma. Matt, would you like to start us off with your third choice? So this was really hard because there's an awful lot I like about this uh, this box and this book. But my third pick has got to be Heroic Actions. It adds a really, really nice step to the, the start of the hero phase where both players get to do something and it can have a massive impact on the battle. You know, the, their finest hour is an amazing ability, but each hero can only do it once per game. So knowing when the best time to use it is is a biggie and potentially that could be in your opponent's uh, hero phase if you yeah. know it, it's an important fight that matters obviously we've got the, the standard ones like healing up it's really good uh, obviously more so on on high lead uh, high bravery units that's gonna be really really strong um being able to unbind a spell as an emergency dispel say if you're facing i don't know luminous for example you've got a lot of wizards haven't you i yeah. might think oh actually i might need a bit of magical support here Equally, getting an extra command point is really good because I think in all our games, we've pretty much blitzed through command points like no one's business. So, yeah, lots of options. There's no duff choice there as well, which is good. I um, You 
mentioned about command points there, Matt. I, I think that's such a cool change. Like when I was playing JD the other day, you're thinking steps ahead, like I want to save that. I mean, it's a, we we do it in 40k, but it just feels a bit weird doing it more in Age of Sigma. But you're thinking to yourself, right? I, you know, I want to do this in you know my next turn, but I could really do with this unit staying alive. It's it's really changed how I approach my games. Yeah. Mm. Uh, your third choice, Jay. Uh, yeah, well, my third choice was going to be the changes to command points um, and how how they're how they're generated now because obviously War Scroll Battalions now are no longer match play and War Scroll Battalions have been such a key part of the game for so long. You know, people built armies and won tournaments around the power of War Scroll Battalions. It was very brave I thought, of the Games Workshop to remove them from match play. Yeah. Um, and in its place now, you've got this system where you generate command points every turn and then they expire at the end of the turn if you've not spent them. Um, depending on whether you go first or second, you get more command points. Um, if your hero's on the battlefield and still alive, uh, you get another command point. So that's, that's two potentially two extra command points a turn across two hero uh, phases, which I think also puts a bit of a target on your general. Yeah, because you, know, you can take the general out early in the game you know, if you take the general out in turn two, for example, that that's what potentially eight command points you're removing from your opponent over the course of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've been very brave to get rid of War Scroll Battalions, but the command point system, the way you generate them and the way you spend them, it, it's added another layer of depth to the game that you really. And Dave touched on it there, where you're you're trying to think ahead of how to spend this resource, which key fights to spend the resource on, um, and I just think that's it's really, really fun. I've had two games of Sigma now, and we've only been playing 600-point battles, but those command points have been critical to, to your plan playing through that game. I really enjoy it. Uh, just, just to start kind of add a little bit of a sub, <laughs> what's it, to this top three, we're talking about command points. Do you prefer the way command points are generated and used in Age of Sigma over... 40k and how they handle command points yeah 100 percent. i think it's more interactive and more it, it, it's more of a limit re, limited resource you've got to be careful how you spend them see 40k has a lot has the stratagems which is you know it's probably equivalent to the different commands you can order you can issue and your different command abilities you have on the war scrolls whereas 40k has those stratagems that you you spend them on um but I would like to see some of the stuff they've learned from Age of Sigma 3, like heroic actions, heroic recovery. I'd love to see that go back into 40k. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be really cool. Watch out. Excellent. Uh, my third choice, um, this kind of snuck in after our game on Saturday, Jay, um, and we saw firsthand it, how clutch it can kind of be. And that is monsters now being proper monsters with those new abilities they get. I think it's at the, at the start of the combat phase, isn't it? They get to do um, a monstrous rampage. So um, you, for example, use Raw in the first um, round of combat with your Tree Lord, shutting down any choice that I had about using all-out defense or all-out attack or one yeah. of my other command abilities. Um, I think that's so good. Um, because there are a lot of monsters in Age of Sigmar, but I think a lot of people kind of stayed away from them. That's definitely not the case anymore. You kind of, I think you mentioned last week, Matt, you almost want to include at least one monster in yeah. every one of your lists now. Um, you see, even, even even a throwaway low low wound monster, you can throw at something, is suddenly a massive threat because it could just shut down your command abilities. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think also you need to look at so um, the the gear rules that were were fighting. So this season the battles are all in gear, and there are rules in gear to, to temporarily grant the monster keyword to a model, um, yeah. so you can make use of those monstrous rampage type um, rules. Um, yeah, it's really really cool. I think we're going to see tons of monsters on the battlefield now. At least this season. Maybe next season might be something different. Yeah, yeah, a very good change in my view. Uh, second choice time, Matt. What is yours? Well, we go, I, I put down command points and abilities. We'll focus more on the new command abilities, and they are—they're really, really cool, aren't they? Some really new stuff that we've not seen before. Um, rally, is it called? Where in the hero phase, either player's hero phase, you could potentially bring models back to your uh, unit. In the first game that we had using the contents of Dominion, my almost wiped out squad of Annihilators was pretty much, I think it was up to full strength by the end of the battle again. Which, yeah, you know, you, you wouldn't see that in, in previous games because I think I used a cheeky, oh, let's get him back in your in your hero phase. And yeah. then you then had what was going to be a single wound, easily killed unit. Suddenly had to commit a bit more force to try and take him down with a two plus save. Probably not worth it. So it's you can force some hard choices on your opponent. Now, you know, it's a one in six chance per model. That's not guaranteed odds. But, you know, to quote Han Solo, never tell me the odds. If I've got a chance of making a Varangard with one wound left back into a full strength squad again, you know, I'm absolutely going to take that chance. Um, I mean, I think we've not seen. I think there's more coming with this sort of stuff. I think we'll see in battle tomes um, ways to buff or enhance those sort of um, uh, command um, abilities like rally, you know, perhaps give, granting you a re-roll of a rally or adding yeah. one to the roll and things like that. Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. And then there's redeploy, which is another great one for, we've had the example of getting zombies within six inches of uh, a unit of archers. So you can just pile in without having to charge and basically evade the uh, all out, uh, Unleash Hell. We've got Unleash Hell itself acting as the Overwatch of sorts for for AOS. So much cool stuff that interacts both ways in every phase of the game. It makes it feel a lot more active rather than before. It was a bit passive, wasn't it? One person pushes up all their models, then the other person does the same. Where now you need to be thinking in your players in in the opposing player's turn because you might be able to trick them out with some you know redeployment or doing some sneaky things. I think it's really good. Yeah, and I think as well, um, in the previous game, if you got double turns, that's two turns where all you can do, you know, you've moved your pieces two turns ago, all you can do now is watch the opponent and hope he, hope he fails some key dice rolls. And that's literally all, all you can do. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, you've got redeploy, unleash hell, all-out defence, a finest hour, heroic recovery, your monstrous rampages to interfere with the opponent's plans. So, yeah, it, it, definitely the double turn, I don't think, is as painful as it used to be. Yeah, definitely. Jay, what is your second choice? Uh, so my second choice is um, the way they're approaching um, the sort of, not core rules, because the core rules are going to stay the same, but supplementary rules to the core rules. And, and I'm talking here about the grand strategies, the battle tactics, and then the different realms that the game focuses on each season so currently we're in gear and uh, you know in general's handbook previous versions of it we got new versions of battle plans or tweaked battle plans but that was really it there wasn't anything else added 
Whereas now we're getting completely new ways to build your army. We're getting new core battalions. You've got the Alpha Pack and the Beast Hunters, is it, in the um, Gur mm. um, booklet. Um, and I think if they keep that up over, you know, every year, they a new season with supplementary rules like that, it's going to keep Age of Sigmar 3 very fresh. And it's going to yeah. give players another, you know, every year, basically, you're going to get a new army because there may be one build of Luminef that, that do really well in gear. But when Olgu comes out next year, potentially, it, you, that army just doesn't work as well. Oh, hang on a second. I've not been using any of the Blade Lords. They're really good now in Olgu. I'll, I'll paint up some Blade Lords and have some Blade yeah. Lords to my army. Um, yeah. Whereas previously, you'd have to wait for a new Battle Tome or potentially a new edition of the game. Whereas now, we're going to get these new Grand Strategies, new Battle Tactics, new Core Battalions. Um, and, and that's going to incentivize different ways of building and playing your army. Yeah, now you know if, if you're slightly cynical, you might say, okay, well that's just a way of getting you to buy a new army every every year. But I, I'd, it's the, it's the same as Magic the Gathering. That's essentially the tactic they've got. You've got new cards that come out each year that replace old cards. The same as Warhammer Underworlds. You, 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 your army isn't losing any value, but the units in that army. They'll they'll wax and wane with the moon as the various seasons come around, and I quite like that because it means that say if you really like Slangors for example, gorgeous models but arguably not the greatest, there could be a battle pack that makes them really good, or maybe you really like chariots and you've got a a stormcast army with lots of those new chariots and. Arguably, they've not got the monster keyword, so would you take one of them over a big monster? But then maybe in next year's uh, supplement, there's something really good about cavalry and chariots, and I I, I like that. Like like Jay says, it's going to mix things up and make it make it more interesting to play against other armies rather than seeing the same half a dozen netlists every every time. And and the, the the beauty advantage of it is as well is is we can decide on Saturday, Matt. Oh, let's play gaming gear. Uh, also, yeah, I really want to use my monsters. Actually, yeah, all right, we won't we won't play in Shayish today. We'll play in Gear, and then that that you know you've built your collection, you're building your collection, you know, over the course of third edition. You're not you're not you're not tied into a particular battle pack. You're free to choose which battle pack you want to play. So, I mean, tournaments will probably use the current battle pack, but in friendly yeah. games. So and you know, yeah, that's really good. And obviously, once we've got Path to Glory battle packs in there as well, that'll be the same. I, I assume, I assume they'll follow the same pattern where this year's um, Path to Glory battle pack is in Gur as well, because that makes things easier from a, uh, you know, yeah. build your army point of view. But like you said, we, you can just, you've literally got a book with all the missions in and all the rules in, and you say, okay, yeah, let's let's play a mission out of this one today, and you can build your force around that. And I think that's a really, really good change. Yeah. So I think I think I think it's going to reward players who pick an army and just develop that army over third edition, and they'll have then inside that collection all of the tools they need to play through all of the different battle packs um, without having to you know worry about waiting for the next battle tome to come out. You, you, you know you don't need to now. You know yeah. sometimes I'm actually jealous of people who can pick an army and just like get everything for it, um, play it like a pro instead of getting distracted by so many different armies. <laughs> it's very hard Maybe nowadays though isn't it, it is all the previews hard. and new releases and things it's very yeah, hard very very hard so for my second choice um i think some of the nicest models in the age of sigma range are some of the endless spells however i very rarely talk to them because they're very much a double-edged sword because you were paying points for something that you know especially for me i'm very lucky would end up doing more harm to me 
than my opponent of which I'm going to go and do. With the changes in the new rules where you've got more of a control over them, I think you have they have to be within 30 inches, I think, to stay within your control. Um, I think suddenly uh, endless spells are, are so much better. And they get to move in both hero phases as well, um, both yours and your opponents. I think that's a really, really good change. Um, and I actually, I'm looking forward to, I, I think my, the, the next list I write might include one so I can try it out. Yeah, I um, the I, I think power level wise, I think they've been toned down a little bit, but they're a lot more controllable now, aren't they? Which is good. It's always seemed a bit of a liability when your endless spell hit you in the face, didn't it? Yeah. Um, Especially well, when you pay points for it. <laughs> yeah, well, they sort of like uh, obviously the, the the endless spells were all all sort of came to life as part of the Necroquake, and then when Teclis sort of dismantled the Necroquake, I guess the endless spells now have become a bit more um, controlled. And that, mm. that's the that's the idea behind it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely fancy trying one in the in our next battle if I can. Um, well, get... yeah, maybe maybe you should try and stick one in your initial six hundred points for uh, Path to Glory. Yeah, I think that sounds like a a really good idea. Uh, we are round to our top choices already, guys. So, Matt, what is your top choice? Well, my my one's about Dominion itself, and really just the value for money in that box costs 125 pounds i believe from games workshop and at the minute if you order it from them you get a really nice box with some uh command point tokens uh based on the uh, what are they called is it basically it's the icons that the, the people oh, in the uh the coins, they? yeah yeah the malice malice coins or whatever they're called which is basically your your pledge to sigma and if you lose that you're gonna get in a load of trouble uh and and obviously i wasn't playing the game i was just manning the cameras but it looks a really easy way of managing your command pools rather than using dice or something because it's yeah, something yeah. different on the battlefield and yeah it's only a little token as a, as a freebie from games workshop but i think it's well worth ordering one well, there to get there they've got yeah they've got a bit of weight to him and you actually feel like when you're spending them you actually you know forfeiting something quite valuable which is yeah quite, quite a good feeling when you're Did, using command points I, ho- I hope we can use them when i'm using the skaven because there's a there's a, a tactic i can use when i roll uh, a dice every time my opponent gains a command point and i get it instead so I take great pleasure, Jay, and you picking up one of those command tokens and then me rolling the <laughs> six and, and, and taking it off you uh, yeah. and add it to my pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so so the freebies are really nice. If you can get it was cheaper, I think Element is selling it for about 90, maybe 100 quid. In the box, you, you get in the full core uh, hardback core book, which I think they sell for 30 quid, I want to say, on the website. So that's a big chunk of the value. And then you get two armies. I believe the uh, Cruel Boys clocks in at just over a thousand points, and you get one thousand three hundred points of Stormcast. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we, it, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's an expensive hobby to get into, but being able to get two full armies plus the rule book is really good for, for 125 quid. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to work out whether it's better value than Indomitus certainly in the same ballpark i think you've got about a thousand point armies in both of them arguably armies are slightly bigger model wise in sigma compared to 40k at the minute so from a from a points point of view you get a bigger chunk you know if, you're basically getting the armies for what 50 quid each for a thousand points plus the the rule book in there yeah I, I i you can't knock it for value can you yeah absolutely not uh jay your top choice uh, so, so my top choice, the thing I'm enjoying most about Age Sigmar 3rd Edition currently is the Path to Glory system. 
so you've only got the 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 sort of foundation of the path to glory system, the core rule books. There's enough to be getting on with. We've had a couple of 600 point games now. Um, if you're a fan of Crusade, you'll definitely enjoy the path to glory system. Um, the idea of building up, managing your strongholds. You've still got that um, concept of experience for your units and your heroes. You can tell that there's a lot more coming for Path to Glory. There's things like outposts and renown on your your leaders, which at the moment um, don't do anything. There's no rules for them, um, but but it's there ready to be to be added to. Um, I'm really enjoying the variety of missions that the narrative side has got now. A, a lot of them don't focus on objectives necessarily, and I mean objectives like objective points. So it's a it's a different way. It's a completely fresh way of playing Age of Sigma, where previously you would have been concerned about tagging objectives, keeping hold of objectives, stealing objectives. The whole game was focused on objectives, whereas now you're able to enjoy playing Age of Sigma in a completely different way and it has been really enjoyable the two games I've played so far one trying to ambush some ogres two trying to stop some Caradron overlords from breaking out it's led to some really cool conflicts and combats and situations which I think if you were playing a regular game from Age of Sigma from, from Age of Sigma 2nd edition you would just never have had that sort of experience yeah. I'm really well, excited to see it expanded a lot of people use the term like narrative ironically don't they where we've genuinely had a story play out over these battles haven't we yeah yeah it's been it's been really really good fun um and i'm i'm really really looking forward to seeing how they expand it the fact that heroes can get renowned but currently there's not anything for them to use that renown on makes me think that we're really going to get i mean we had the anvil of apotheosis not long ago the idea of being able to customise and craft a character over this course yeah. of, a, of a Path of Glory campaign just is really, really appealing. So um, to, and I guess to, to, to clarify that, you, you, your initial hero starts with 15 renown, which is the most... He doesn't get anything over that. Other heroes that you add to four start with zero. Once you get a 15 renown, you get a command ability, which is really, really cool because it means some of those command abilities that you don't often take in the book get to get used. But yeah, I think we'll definitely see some additional stuff for your starting hero to unlock as they progress, maybe in the battle tomes. Yeah, like, um, I mean, if you compare it to the 40k crusade stuff where you get legendary relics and um, uh, crusade relics and things like that, Maybe we'll see some uh, items and traits and things that you can only use in these Path to Glory games. They go into your vaults because there are rules for using your Path to Glory force in a regular game. It's just you you can't use some of the more narrative elements in that game, obviously, to keep it yeah. balanced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that it's really, really fun. And like, I, I can't wait to get the first proper pack. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the Stormcast and um, or at Warclans Battle Tomes to get an idea of, of how that system. I mean, if they support it as well as to support the 40k Crusade side, I think we're in for a treat. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to very quickly finish us off on this week's top three. Um, kind of like Matt's, um, but more focused on the minis themselves. So um, they're obviously like one of the big key selling points of the box. Um, every model in, in the box is fantastic. There's not a Duff model in there, is there? They're, they're yeah, all really, really nice minis. Gen- genuinely, there's not a bad model in the box, is there? Yeah. And they are all the magic of push fit as well. Uh, that can't be overstated. Like you've mentioned before, Matt, uh, Indrasta, how is she a push fit mini? I mean, I'm looking forward to building mine. Um, superb, great value, um, and, and just an all round great box. And I think I prefer it to uh, Indomitus um, personally. But there mm. you go. 
Yeah. I, uh, I, I, on that, I'll throw in a little point as well. If you're struggling to build your models, it's probably because you're using glue. Trust to the push fit. They'll hold. It'll be a nice tight fit. There's some joins I had to fill on the pre tours. Other than that, they, they just push them together. They don't need glue, honestly. Yeah, I think I think there was one gut ripper where I had to use just a little smidgen of glue to put his shield on. For some reason, the peg might, you know, maybe it was just my um, sprue, but it was like the the um, peg wasn't quite big enough to hold the um, the shield. So I had to use a smidgen of glue. That was it, though. Everything else was push fit. Absolutely perfect. Brilliant stuff. That uh, brings us to the end of our choices. We've got one final segment of the podcast left, so we're going to take one final pause and come back with that. So on the top three, the community have given us a couple of shout outs. Thankwall79 says the command point system and rules feels like a game within the game. The Stormcast models are dynamic and a real step up for the range. I've got to say, I was never totally sold on the Stormcast, but I absolutely love all the new, uh, what's it called, Thunderstrike armor. And the core book, just sumptuous and makes the world feel more fleshed out. Yeah, I mean, we've not really talked about the core book kind of uh, i suppose aesthetically and law wise there's a lot of stuff to get your teeth into in there especially if you're a new player to the game absolutely and um, what do we have for next week's top three matt so next week obviously we've got uh, a preview coming up and we've just had a preview so we want to know your top three things from both the aos dominion preview and the 40k orc flavored preview so i'm sure there'll be plenty to choose from um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the Orcs. It's gonna be, I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot yeah, of fun. definitely. A crusade with Orcs. That's just such a cool <sighs> prospect. Yeah. A wah. It's a wah, not a crusade. A wah. Excellent. Right, that wraps up uh, another week's podcasting, guys. It's been uh, it's been a fun one. It's been another heavy Age of Sigma one, so it's going to be quite nice talking about Orcs next week and a, a bit of 40k love. Because um, yeah. I think it's it's been out in the cold for a little bit. Um, so uh, 40k listeners... Next week's your week. <laughs> so uh, have a great week of hobby in the meantime, and we'll speak to you all again very, very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash sprues and brews.